0: Five, four, three, two, one. Wendy Bell. Inspiring solutions to save America.
1: One show at a time.
0: Are you ready to get on board?
1: When are you guys gonna learn? The more you indict, the more we unite. Facts It's Trump 2024. We don't care. You heard me? We already made our mind up. You already know when the hood got your back. Man, they deep in the hood. Gangsters. Talking about Trump 2024. You heard me? Woo, woo. Gangsters. The hood got this man back. I'm just trying to tell you. You heard me? And we ain't, we ain't stupid, man, American people, man. We ain't, we ain't all them talking about lockdowns and back when the mask now, all that. You know, they got a new virus coming and it's gonna be, man, nobody don't care. Ain't fooling nobody no more with none of that. You know, new Jack, man, nobody, nobody being fooled no more. We all the way up. You heard me? It's Trump 2024. That's what it's gonna be cause we ain't having nothing else.
0: From sea to shining sea, three hours of bold truth and excellence. The Wendy Bell Radio Program. Hey. Let's go to the party.
2: You know, there is a price that comes with being a dirt bag, because usually when you're a dirt bag and you do dirt bag things to people, you also get this arrogance that comes with it. And you become emboldened. And if you get away with being a dirtbag a couple times and the system never comes back to bite you, your arrogance and ego grow and you become lazy and complacent. And more and more people start to see through you. But you're blinded to it. You don't know that more people know that you're a dirtbag. This is all percolating under the scenes, ladies and gentlemen. All this stuff, all of the nonsense with this lawsuit against Donald Trump, his fifth, right? He's he's managing four indictments. This is just the kind of the cherry on top, the sucker punch to the gut. You know, we've already given this wacko five million dollars because she says that you've defamed her, slandered her, said something mean about her because you called her a wacko and said that she wasn't your type. Now we're going to pile on. You think people aren't paying attention to all of this? You can throw people away into, into the D.C. Gitmo, into the gulag. That doesn't mean America doesn't know they're there. Until every single one of those people is out and receives a pardon and some semblance of their life back. Maybe that's where some of Sam Bankman Freed's dough should go. Perhaps we should sell off his parents' estate in California so that we can fund, at least in some small way. And I'm sorry for allowing the suck to get this out of hand. But there are small voices, littler places and some bigger places where the pushback is on. One of them takes us to Oklahoma. Oklahoma. We don't spend a lot of time in Oklahoma, sadly. Today, we'll spend a brief time. Axios.com. Look, left-wing rag. Got to tell you the story. Oklahoma GOP condemns Lankford for bipartisan Senate border talks. Gloves are off, ladies and gentlemen. If Ronna McDaniel can't get her head out of her butt, if we know she's as swampy as Nikki Haley that she is an imposter just like Nikki Haley, leave it to the little districts of the RNC and GOP to do what needs to be done. This story is triumphant. So who's James Langford, senator from Oklahoma? He's working, he's very closely working with Chuck Schumer and Mitch McConnell, right? On this Senate border deal, which we heard Josh Hawley, the great congressman, or no, he's a senator. Senator from Missouri. Say they haven't even gotten to see any of the, the text of a, of a border deal. Give us, give us something to look at. Lankford is working with Schumer, with McConnell, and these other people who suck, to come up with something that they're ostensibly going to go to the House and say, this is what we're going to do. It's still going to fund Ukraine. Oh, no, it's not. And it's still going to let thousands of migrants in every day that's at least what we've heard through the leaks out there oklahoma's gop said done we do not support you senator lankford we are excommunicating you for now here's your story senator james lankford on sunday defended bipartisan border security package negotiations after facing criticism from some fellow republicans including former president trump Oklahoma Republican Party Vice Chair Wayne Hill announced in a statement Saturday that the state GOP had passed a resolution condemning and censuring Langford over the border talks. Do you know how big a deal that is? You're dealing with the freaking enemy, sir, and you're going to you're going to try to pass off on this chamber That this is a good thing for Americans. We see the writing on the wall. We reject it before you even go there. So don't waste our time. He threatened to withdraw support from him. This is the guy, Wayne Hill, who's head of the Oklahoma Republican Party. And accuse Langford of playing fast and loose with Democrats on the issue. I don't know, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not thinking that if I'm in the House of Representatives or I'm in the United States Senate and I'm a Republican, that I'm going to go out and have burgers and beers with the Democrats afterwards. No, no, no. We fundamentally want different things for this country. I demand that you lose. Because what you want to do is destroy America. And what I will do is fight to the death to prevent that from happening. That means you are my enemy. I don't want to have coffee with you. I don't want to go to your sex orgies or do coke with you. I'm not interested in your bad faith negotiations. The Oklahoma GOP is doing what the national, the R-N-C under Ronna McDaniel does not. Stand up, show their huevos, and push back. During an appearance on CBS's Face the Nation Sunday, lead Senate GOP negotiator Lankford, at some point when they say to you, hey, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, yeah, yeah, we're still going to let 5,000 people in every single day. You say, hell no, until that crap is gone, I'm out of here, it's dead, there is no conversation. There's not like, well, maybe that's like a little bit too many. Maybe if we drop it down to 4,000, that'd be bad. That's not a negotiation. That's a sellout, Senator. He noted, Lankford did, the internet rumors during a Fox News, he's making the rounds. Face the nation. Fox News Sunday. Where wasn't he? Saying, no, no, no. That's not what this is. Show us what it is then. See, because what we want is simple. It's called a wall. See, you build the wall. People don't come in through a wall. So build the damn wall. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. I'll be here all week. Is anybody else not saying this right It's the obvious solution. But when you want to destroy America from within, you need to flood it with people from various cultures and backgrounds to dilute what it is. That doesn't make me a nationalist for saying that. That makes me a realist. So Langford censored, censured. How about this? North Carolina. Huh. North Carolina GOP district calls for a no-confidence vote for Ronna McDaniel. Huh. It seems all the plastic surgery in the world for that lady doesn't change the fact that she sucks. She sucks for fundraising, she sucks for election results, and she sucks repeatedly. How many times does she have to suck? Get rid of her! That's what the, uh... GOP says in North Carolina, love it, North Carolina GOP district calls for a vote of no confidence for Chairwoman Ronna McDaniel ahead of the RNC winter meeting, which happens to be this week. Hello. The Republican Party's 13th Congressional District Executive Committee in North Carolina, along with its leadership, has issued a forceful demand. For a vote of no confidence against RNC chairwoman Ronna McDaniel. This comes ahead of the RNC winter meeting scheduled for tomorrow through February 3rd. In a bold move. Other people should try it. It's amazing. The North Carolina delegation to the RNC has been urged to propose a motion for a standing public vote. Among all 168 RNC voting members, aiming to remove the chairwoman due to gross incompetence. It's about weakness. Everything is about weakness. And she is the epitome of weak. Since Ronna McDaniel... Assumed leadership of the GOP in 2017. The party's grip on power has seemingly loosened. Not seemingly, it's loosened. Republicans have experienced a series of electoral setbacks. I'm going to call it worse than that, y'all. Losing eight gubernatorial races, three Senate seats, 19 House seats, and a presidential race. Other than that, I'm sure everything is going swimmingly. So in North Carolina the Republican Party's 13th Congressional District can say, Fungu, see you later, sister. You're not wanted anymore. How long will it take, do you suppose, for others to follow suit? Well, when we come back on the Wendy Bell Radio program, I got an audio sound, two audio sound bites I want you to hear, all right? One is going to make you feel dirty and like you need a loofah. And the other... Is gonna lift you up and make you feel, huh? Maybe not everything in this world is lost, right? I'm gonna give you a little a little emotional roller coaster. It's worth it though. Next on the Wendy Bell Radio program. You know, when people become too brazen and their egos get too big, because they realize that they're part of crazy and they fi- they feel emboldened by that. They say really crazy things. And they become very nonchalant in their craziness. Case in point, everything that goes on at the World Economic Forum, right? So they're in Davos, Switzerland. I got this video clip. I saw it on social media over the weekend and I asked Brock to snag it. This is a, is a scientist guy who's talking about carbon emissions. And, you know, they want to come after agriculture because they want to control the food. Why do they want to control the food? Because if you can control the food, you control the people more than if you control the guns, okay? Everybody's got to eat. They're coming down on Amos Miller. They're coming down on everybody. Bill Gates wants you to eat synthetic garbage meat that's terrible for you. This guy that you're about to hear, who's a (laughs) scientist at the World Economic Forum, says no matter, people love to eat meat until we bioengineer them to not like the flavor of it. And we're working on that presently. Say what? Let's listen in.
0: People eat too much meat, right? And if they were to cut down on their consumption on meat, then they would, uh, it would actually really help the planet. But people are not willing to give up meat. Yeah, you know, Some people will be willing to, but other people, they may be willing to, but they, sort of, they have a weakness of will. They say, wow, this, this steak is just too juicy. I can't do it. I, I'm one of those, by the way. So here's the thought. So I, for example, I have milk intolerance. Uh, and some people are intolerant to crayfish. So possibly we can use hu- human engineering to make it the case that we're intolerant to certain kinds of meat to certain kinds of bovine uh, bovine proteins. And there's actually analogs of this in life. There's this thing called the long-star tick, where if it bites you, you will become allergic to meat. Uh, I can sort of describe the mechanism. So that's something that we can do through human engineering. Ew! Very
2: matter-of-factly, that's what we can do, and we can start fiddling with everything about you and... Ew! I don't even know if I have words for that. Of course, this is all predicated on cows and farming and agriculture in general. It's destroying the planet. we have to control the planet. Well, you know, I wonder if that scientist realizes. So if the United States is responsible, allegedly, for 11 percent of the global carbon dioxide emissions, And carbon dioxide represents 0.04% of the atmosphere, right? That's one of those little factual things they don't like you to know about. That means the United States and all of the cow toots and other things that we have going on, and my love of red meat, is equivalent to 0.0044% of the global carbon emissions. Oh my! How are we surviving? Well, let's go beyond that. Livestock, including cows are allegedly responsible for 14% of the world's total carbon emissions. So in the U.S., 14% of America's 11% of global, global carbon dioxide emissions, of which 0.04% is in our atmosphere, means that cows here in the United States are responsible for, get ready, 0.000616% of the planet's total carbon. That means 99.9956% of the world's carbon dioxide has nothing to do with you, me, or cows. But it is oddly familiar, that number, because it's your likelihood of surviving COVID. 999996 percent On the flip side of this, I want you to hear something positive. This is Italy's new agriculture minister. His name is Francisco Brigia. I botched it. I'm sorry. But this is a wonderful story of pushback. Italy becomes the first place, the first country, to tell Bill Gates and his synthetic meat to officially suck it. Go.
1: Italy is the first nation to say no to synthetic food, to so-called synthetic meat. It does so with a formal and official act. The resolutions called for a commitment to ban the production, marketing and import of synthetic foods within our territory. These regulations aim to regulate situations where the environment or public health could be at risk or when there is uncertainty regarding the effects of certain products that are being or will be introduced to the market or consumed. Mm -hmm. It is crucial to have measures in place to address these potential risks and ensure the safety of the environment and public health in such cases.
2: Hmm. Amazing. A little common sense. It's amazing. Italy can do it. We have French farmers joining forces to say, screw you globalists. We have it going on in Germany. We've seen it all in the Netherlands. What is it going to take? For America to rise up what what is going to be the final straw is it when the last family farm is shut down is it going to be when you can no longer get any meat that hasn't been injected with hormones and antibiotics of suck is it going to be when they make mandatory Bill Gates synthetic meat products even though numerous studies have found that the lab grown fake meat products can cause turbo cancers in humans you know, what? why should we care? We're all just going to die anyway. Might as well die while eating a piece of cardboard. Ew. Don't go anywhere, ladies and gentlemen. Peter Navarro. He's going to make a headline for us coming up next on the Wendy Bell Radio Program. I want to read two articles to you that I think really underscore how pervasive and despicable the politicization of justice has become in America. So Peter Navarro was a Donald Trump advisor during his presidency. And he was just charged, well, not, he was just sentenced to four months in prison for refusing to comply with the January 6th committee's reindeer games. All right. And before we even get into that, I do want you to remember, this is the highly partisan committee that Nancy Pelosi refused anybody. I know Jim Jordan wanted to be on it. I know Jim Banks wanted to be on it. She refused bipartisanship and cherry-picked two lackeys, Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger. To be with the entire Democrat panel. This is the same panel that highly politicized everything that had to do with January 6th. They lied about it. Nancy Pelosi wanted 50 years to put all of the information about this. The investigation, the $18 million we spent on this January 6th committee's quote unquote investigation of what was absolutely a setup meant to entrap. And to prevent Donald Trump from ever running again. And if people got swept up in it and they got thrown away or they were beaten to death by a damn police officer with a metal baton or they were lied about. So freaking be it just so we're all on the same page. This is the same committee, of course, which deleted more than 100 encrypted emails, two terabytes of data and completely scrubbed all of the video recordings of the interviews with the people who testified before it. Then before they did that, they gave all of that information to Fannie Willis in Fulton County, Georgia. Just so you remember where we start. That's where it is. Peter Navarro, once an advisor to former President Trump, argued Friday that the government trying to to compel him to testify was a violation of the Constitution's separation of powers. The irony is that the Department of Justice itself has maintained a policy for more than 50 years that says senior advisors like me absolutely cannot be compelled to testify before Congress, he argued in an interview with Fox News' Sean Hannity. Why? Because it violates the constitutional separation of powers, and interferes with the ability of executive privilege to provide effective presidential decision making, Navarro added. His comments come after the ex-Trump staffer was sentenced Thursday to four months in prison for refusing to comply with a congressional subpoena related to the January 6th attack on the Capitol. He was convicted in September of two counts of contempt of Congress, one for failing to produce documents related to the investigation and another for skipping his deposition. By the way, Fannie Willis and Nathan Wade have just done that in Fulton County, Georgia. They refused to comply with congressional inquiries into how many times they both spoke with the White House, Joe Biden's White House. In preparation for this case against Donald Trump regarding election interference, which is as bogus and stupid as everything involving January 6th, Hunter Biden can defy a congressional subpoena, but not Peter Navarro. Christopher Ray can defy a congressional subpoena, but not Peter Peter Navarro. Curious. Prosecutors argued Navarro showed, quote, utter disregard for the House committee's probe and utter contempt for the rule of law. You know, guys, like that rule that mandated the January 6th committee preserve all documents the same way in elections those documents, chain of custody logs, ballots, etc., etc. all of the voting tabulators, all the machines, all the everything is supposed to be protected and safeguarded for 22 months. Why is that? And why did that not happen? Because there are two tiers of justice in this country. And one throws political opponents in prison. Benny Thompson. What a hack. The guy who chaired the House Select Committee investigating the insurrection celebrated Peter Navarro's sentence. Last summer's guilty verdict and today's sentence are the consequence of Mr. Navarro's stubborn insistence that his short stint in the executive branch somehow put him above the law. I applaud the U.S. attorneys for their hard work in bringing the case to a successful conclusion. Really? Where are all the videos, Benny? Where are they? Where are the terabytes of data? Why are you so afraid? Why did Nancy Pelosi want 50 years? Why did the FDA want 75? How dare you? On the flip side of this crazy is this story from the Federalist headline, Trump tax leaker gets the Hunter Biden treatment with sweetheart deal from the DOJ. Wait, what? Oh, I'm sure you guys remember. Everybody had their unnies in a bunch on fire trying to get Donald Trump's tax returns. Well, you know, we wiretapped the guy. We tried hard. We tried to find stuff on him. Couldn't find anything through the wire that they wiretapped a president is so ridiculous. And that I have more to say past that bomb is even more so. They couldn't find anything, so call Christopher Steele and Fusion GPS. Hey, Hillary, you didn't totally bleach, bit, and hammer everything you have, do you? Have you? We need a dossier of garbage, of suck. Oh, that's going to impeach the president. So interesting. So this guy... Hacks into the IRS, gets into the IRS, gets a flash drive, downloads 7,800 people's tax information, all of them high profile, high net worth individuals, including one, Donald J. Trump. And then what? Leaks it to whom? It's so weird. I'll read you the story. Against the backdrop of of Trump prosecutions and the collapse of Hunter Biden's plea deal, Little John, this guy. Charles Edward Littlejohn, his plea agreement raises questions about the politicization of justice. Doesn't raise questions. We're well past raising questions. Another apparent sweetheart deal negotiated by Biden's Justice Department in a politically charged case is drawing scrutiny. Former IRS contractor Charles Edward Littlejohn, who stole and helped publicize the confidential tax records of Donald Trump and an estimated 7,500 other wealthy Americans, could face little or no jail time when he's sentenced later this month. Kind of like Sam Bankman Freed. So familiar. Hmm. Because the DOJ allowed him to plead guilty to a single felony count. Hmm. In a new court filing, prosecutors acknowledge the plea deal, quote, does not account for the fact that he leaked thousands of individuals' tax returns. His sentencing range would be the same today if he had only leaked a single return. Hmm. Instead of seeking prison time for each of his offenses or even for the two separate mass thefts that he committed, one in 2019, another in 2020, the DOJ is asking a federal judge to sentence Little John to just 60 months the maximum for a single offense under the statute. Some political leaders angry over the plea deal say he should get 60 years, not months, for his crime. The biggest heist of IRS taxpayer data in history. Attorneys for the 38-year-old dirt, uh, I said dirtbag, I'm sorry, Little John argue he acts, actually deserves an even lower sentence. Closer to the presenting reports, the pre-sentencing, rather, reports range of four to 10 months, in part because he leaked the reams of stolen private income tax data to, quote, reputable news organizations, (laughs) including the New York Times and (laughs) ProPublica. And that he knew that we would handle the information responsibly. Oh, Oh, yes. They say a 60 month term is equivalent to a 15 level upward departure from the range prosecutors originally agreed to in the plea deal. (laughs) The D.C. judge deciding Little John's fate, quote, does not have unfettered discretion to depart from the applicable sentencing guidelines. Yada, yada, yada. What did he do? Let's see if we can get into the. Let's see. Little John rejoined a firm, Booz Allen, with the express purpose of getting assigned to the IRS and stealing Donald Trump's tax returns, which he downloaded in 2018. Then in June 2020, he began conducting searches of the IRS database to pull historic tax data on the wealthiest taxpayers in the country. Specifically, he constructed a query designed to call up the top 500 taxpayers by income, by year, for the previous 15 years. And after running the query, he stole the entire data set, put it on a flash drive, and gave it to reporters at ProPublica, a left-leaning non-profit of suck, funded by George Soros, and other wealthy liberal donors. ProPublica, in turn, then published nearly 50 articles using the tax returns to show how the rich lose, use loopholes in the tax code to avoid paying taxes. Congressional Democrats cited the series in their push for higher taxes on the wealthy. It's a wrap-up smear. Oh, my heavens. There are so many victims of Little John's breach of protected protected taxpayer information, the largest in history, that the DOJ has asked a federal judge in Washington for permission to create a public website to notify victims without reaching out to each person individually. That's how pervasive it was, and they've only notified 152 victims of Little John's crime. Peter Navarro, four months. Do you really think this little John of suck is going to spend one lousy moment in prison? Of course not. He did what the left wanted desperately to have done. And for that, in crazy town USA, you are rewarded. Don't go anywhere. The video of the week, probably. It will leave you so good, it's worth it. Next on the Wendy Bell Radio program. Alright, so a little fake news. I told you I would lift you up, I will, but not before I drop you into the into the dumpster here. <laughs> How about this headline from Town Hall, Biden Health Department accused of tampering with COVID investigation? What? Now, see, we cannot become desensitized. We cannot expect these things and have it roll off of us like water on a duck's back, which is why I say never forget what these people did to you. Cannot forget the Biden administration has reportedly stonewalled the investigation into the COVID-19 pandemic, causing Republicans to schedule a hearing on the matter. So wait a minute. Right off the bit be- out of the gates here. Peter Navarro gets four months for refusing to testify before a committee of partisan hacks of suck who lied. And covered up evidence and deleted files. And you're going to tell us that he deserves, Navarro deserves four months in prison while we're understanding the Biden administration doesn't want you to know the truth, which you already know the truth about COVID and everything they did, really, this week? GOP Representative Brad Wenstrup from Ohio Chairman of the House Select Subcommittee on the Coronavirus Pandemic accused President Joe Biden's Department of Health and Human Service of tampering with an investigation into the origins of COVID-19. Who's surprised by this quote? When we asked for important testimony, HHS seemed to purposefully mislead select committee investigators. This pattern of avoiding accountability to the American people cannot and should not be tolerated any longer. The department must be held responsible for its parade of delays, excuses, and obfuscation. He said the HHS has spent the past year intentionally avoiding lawful congressional oversight requests for documents. He said they deliberately ignored several letters providing many excuses. Look, I understand all of you who are Democrats. I understand why you're so angry, because everything that people in your wheelhouse touch sucks. Facts. Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson, North Carolina. He said something, I don't know where it was, I don't know when it was, but I know how it makes me feel. And by golly, you need to hear stuff like this because there are awakened leaders all over this country and he's one of them. And I want you to hear what he says about the time now. It is now to stand up and to be strong and to know you are not alone. Enjoy.
0: But when I think about it, guys, every time it brings tears to my eyes. The way people have sacrificed for this nation. And then they hear people say that this nation is not good enough. That this nation is less than. That this nation is racist. My God, where do you, what part of this country do you have to live in? Where are you adding in your mind to say that this is a racist nation? Where? Show it to me. Bring it to me. Lay it at my feet. Any person that thinks that this is a racist nation, look here, i got a personal story to tell you. A personal story to tell you. I'm standing right here and I'm looking at all these different faces in here and I see people that don't look anything like me, some of whom have embraced me in tears and tell me that they love me. And they don't love me because I'm a black man or because I'm a white man. They love me because we share a heart. We share a heart for this nation. We've re point in this nation where people don't care what you look like anymore. Just as long as you're standing up for what's right. And that's why we're here tonight, folks. We're here to stand up for what's right. Because we know what's right. And we have right on our side. And I'm going to tell you, if you don't think this is a fight, all you got to do is turn on CNN for five minutes. And your mind will be changed. And so what I'm going to leave you with here tonight, guys, is this. It's time to stand up and be strong. You know, I said for many years, if we had a president that would just stand up and say what needs to be said, he'd get something done. And we had one in number 45. We sure did. And he got some stuff done. Folks complained about how we did it, but I'm going to tell you like this, now is not the time to be soft-spoken and timid and afraid. Now is not the time to sit back and say, well, maybe we can negotiate. Now is not the time to put a pipe in the corner of your mouth and say, well, let's see what the book says about it. This is not the time for that, folks. We are in a battle for the soul of this nation, the literal soul of this nation. Now is the time for us to stand up and say, wake up, America, wake up. You are about to give away one of the greatest gifts God has ever given to humanity. You are about to give it away because you refuse to stand up like those who came before you. It is time for us to stand up, folks. It's time for us to be unafraid, unashamed, and unabashed with the truth that we have in us and tell those socialist bastards who want to destroy this nation, you will not do it on my watch, you will not do it now, you will not do it ever. Because this is America. I don't come from a weak and ineffective people. And if you want this fight, you bring it. Because we are ready. Because we don't back down and we don't give up. We will fight for the life of this nation, and we will fight for the future of our children. You don't believe it? You're going to get a lesson. The same way the British did, the same way the Germans did, the same way the Japanese did, the same way the communists did, the same way those terrorists over in the Middle East did. You're going to get a lesson in what free men will do to hold on to their freedom. So hold on to your hats, communists. Hold on to your hats, socialists. The patriots are coming, and you're not going to like it when they get there. God bless you all. God bless the great state of North Carolina. God bless the United States of America. Thank you.
2: <sighs> no notes. No overlays, no binders, no cheat sheets from the heart and from the soul that is what i'm talking about thanks for being a part of this today ladies and gentlemen we'll see you back here tomorrow same time same place until then love you guys peace